0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly. But you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. Gary Bell with Absurd Psychology. This segment is called Secret Lives Living the Dream. <laughs> so, I know that we have a recorded population of 63% of people that have secret lives out there. However, I would sub- I would likely suggest there's probably more like 89 to 100% somewhere in there. Everybody has secrets and facets to their personality that they don't want to reveal to other people. So, Before we get into the uh, Secret Lives segment of the show, I just want to give you some absurd psychological facts because this is my first time back uh, since August. We had 13 episodes, and now we're coming back for 26 episodes by popular demand. I'm so proud to be back on this show. This is a fun thing. All All right, right, so here's one of the absurd psychological facts. that We cannot biologically resist paying attention to food, sex, or danger. It comes from our brainstem and the same fight or flight system that helped us recognize when we were about to be chased by like a woolly mammoth. It's called the old brain. It's constantly evaluating, amongst all the other things we can think of, the biggest and the most base thoughts that are at the forefront and the most important are, can I eat it? Can I have sex with it? Or will it kill me? Now, if it's all three, then we're either orgasmic or scared shitless. <laughs> so <laughs> we spend more money when money is not mentioned. I don't know if you realize that. It's a, it's, if it's a satisfying experience, a personal image enhancement like new cars, sunglasses, liposuction, saving time like avoiding traffic. And it will, eliminate, uh, it will eliminate any cost concerns like desperation. Desperation is the biggest. If you're desperate, like your air conditioner just died, and there's only one person who can put a new air conditioner in and it's 104 degrees out, you're going to pay the money to get that air conditioner and find a way to do it. And you will fit it in. Now, here's another uh, psychological facts. R- rituals and synchronous behavior... Bonds groups. That is why when people are in groups, they often do rituals or synchronous behaviors. And some examples of those are praying, pledging, cheering, singing, tai chi, yoga, dancing, marching. And people will make more personal sacrifices under those conditions because we have a soul-wrenching need to belong. And it's a very strange psychological fact. But our need to belong can be stronger than our own personal needs. And that actually to belong is a personal need for many people. Now, here's another uh, psychological fact. People are just flat out lazy, especially when they feel safe and secure. They will fight harder to be lazy than actually do what is needed. Over eons of evolution, uh, the conservation of energy has been people's survival method. That means that it's a very fundamental part of our character. And the people who optimize, rather than do what will suffice, are found to be more productive and have a rich, fuller life. That means they optimize their energy. That doesn't mean that they spend lots of energy, but they optimize when it is best spent. Your mind actually wonders at least 30% of our waking life. So if you're an employer, and want a productive workforce, scare the living crap out of them and get them in survival mode. They will all burn out or quit and you never have to give raises and have the most produ- and you have the most productivity. <laughs> so that is not a, a good suggestion. It's just humor. <laughs> if you want to change a habit, make the new one, and this is serious, guys. Make the new one fun and a surprise to your friends and family and continue to seek social validation for your change. So that means it's a fun change. You're making it fun. It's allowing you to wear new clothes, let's say, or do, uh, be looked at in a different light. It's a surprise to everyone, and you want to make, make sure you're showing it off and getting social validation. Now, here's one more form of absurd psychology that I have, and it's my personal thought, my personal thought only. I believe that stupid should be a diagnosis. If it were, it would far outnumber all the depressed and anxious people on the planet. Stupid comes in all flavors, too, because there's no common sense stupid, electionally, intellectually stupid, culturally stupid, religiously stupid, lazy stupid, and even the most popular, massively stupid beyond belief. I know that you know some people who are massively stupid beyond belief, and it would be understood in court by a judge and a jury if this diagnosis took place. I'm sorry, Your Honor. My client is diagnosed diagnosed as, well, stupid. There's no counseling or medication for it. He, He can't help himself. I'm asking him to be institutionalized with other stupid people where they can help each other in groups, bounce ideas off each other, and maybe become productive people in society like politicians, CEOs, and cult leaders. And that's just my personal thought. (laughs) So let's get back to the topic. Uh, What is a secret life? If you like superheroes like Superman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Black Widow, then you're fascinated by a secret life. If you're addicted to video games, then a secret life is for you. People that are unhappy, they're irritable, they feel trapped in their lives, are great candidates for a secret life. They need to break away and feel that it's unacceptable to everyone else that they do. They di- that means that their secret life just doesn't fit in with who they are and who- how people see them. But it's a need, and it's a deep need that they have, and they can't help it. And it's underneath everything that they do, and it's like this deep, dark secret that drives them. And they just think about it and think about it and think about it. And every once in a while, they get the temptation to jump in and make it happen. Now a secret life doesn't fit your existing ego or your image, but it is a need, and it's not a want. And there's, and there's a huge difference between a need and a want, and, and it is a stressful full-time job to have a secret life, but seen as necessary for the individual to conduct in their mind to maintain sanity. It is the thing called coping which is far different than living and that is the sad part about a secret life is that you are holding up two lives and that by living two different people a, a person is very conflicted sending lots of mixed signals sending lots of strange messages and they're not quite understood and when their secret comes forward people feel betrayed oftentimes cuz they feel like gosh you didn't believe that i could accept this and many times our fears are greater than reality. Now, most people that, that have their secret life revealed are relieved, but they're too delus- delusional to comprehend the damage that they've created. That means that sometimes they have this fascination with what it would be like uh, when they reveal their secret. And I'm sorry, but when people reveal secrets and when ve- people reveal secret lives like affairs or, or, or uh, buying sprees and stuff like that, What happens is the initial reception of that is very harsh by people that feel betrayed. Betrayal is a very root emotion, and it can cause enormous amounts of damage in the beginning to when somebody is trying to reveal their secret life. So here's some types of secret lives that there are. There there are many secret lives, some healthier than others. Some of them is like a secret addiction to overeating. It hurts, but it's a benign secret carried to the many addictions that are lived out behind the scene. And, you know, you know, obviously when people overeat, you can see the results. I know I have. Uh, I look at myself in the mirror I go, where did I go? And who is this person? And so some of us have to get control of that, especially since summertime's coming. <laughs> some people dress and, you know, and like the opposite sex under their clothes, underneath their clothing, like their work clothing, and they'll have like underwear of the opposite sex that they wear. And it makes them feel uh, powerful in a strange way because all of a sudden they're able to disclose in their own way that sexuality or that desire that they have without other people having the reaction of other people. You know, some men who are unhappy in their marriage have affairs, they watch porn or they frequent prostitutes. Some women, or unhappy with their, their weight, live private, bulimic lives. And women actually are much better at affairs than men. Men are usually fairly uh, secretive in some way, but usually they leave a trail. Women are a little bit better at that. If you do, read the studies, women actually do a better job um, on the affair. And I'm not complimenting that because that's not a good thing. Um, you know, many people develop addictions like alcohol, drugs, gambling, shopping, online shopping. Uh, you know, still others live secret lives on the internet by stalking former lovers or registering on single sites while they're married and affair sites. There's actually affair sites out there, which is very sad. You know, see, secret lives. Have no barriers. They have no economic loyalty. They have no cultural loyalty. They have no social loyalty. They actually thrive on crossing these boundaries as an escape from what is considered a trap. And they happen in every segment of society. And sadly, now that we have the internet, now that the internet is so popular, you can actually see people living out these secret lives on places all over the internet. Uh, once again, the affair sites. Uh, you know, like the adult friend finder, uh, the, the uh, uh, Craigslist, and it's very sad. And a lot of this comes from just a basic loneliness that nobody can identify with them. Now, the deal is that people that have this secret life, it's an animalistic urge. It's non-logical. They can't explain it. It's something that is inside them. It's an animal urge that they need to fill And things like shopping, shopping creates a lot of dopamine and boosts that ego. It makes people feel like I'm going to change who I am by what I buy or where I buy it. And unfortunately, people can get caught up in that world and continue to buy and to buy and to buy and to buy, trying to create an image of themselves, but everybody can see through it. And that's the sad part, is those people that work so hard at their image end up actually their secret life, their insecurities are actually seen. And so this is something that we're going to go deeper into. And what I'm going to give you is the deceptions and some of the tools, how people lie, how to identify people that lie, and the antidote, the antidote to fixing a secret life. So we will be returning back in a few minutes. Please keep listening. Thank you so much. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit DRGBMFT.com. or visit drgbmft.com today are you good at leading yourself in order to be more effective leaders in business as managers or in any organization you've got to start by being good at self-leadership on leadership takeoff host mo glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command you need to tune in to leadership takeoff live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Hey, listen, um, I would love to take questions. Um, If anybody has uh, questions they would like to ask me about Secret Lives, please call 888-346-9141, and I'll be more than happy to answer questions uh, live here on the air. Here's some deceptions that are used in people's secret lives. There, there's a pattern of, of eight key deceptions that are used by people that are in relationships leading to a double life. And this is some things you really want to look for. Number one is a change in sexual appetite. Usually a change in sep- se- uh, sexual appetite, if it's not medical, is usually Quite frankly, a very big red flag that there is something going on in that person's life. That doesn't mean that they're having an affair. It could mean that they are completely preoccupied with something, and it is driving them crazy. Um, sex can be uh, caused by stress, the diminishment of se- of sex. It could cause by health. It could cause by gaining weight, but also it could be caused by your self image and how you feel about yourself. So, you know, secret lives are not all just affairs. You know, they're not all just hidden. Some things are just things we hide to, to ourselves. Also, another deception that is very, very common that you want to look for in somebody that you suspect is having a hidden life is money being shifted or financial records not being up to date or not being accurate. And usually if money is being hidden or the financial records are, are out of out of whack, usually that means there's some kind of activity going on that your partner is not recording and trying to hide from you, that they're too embarrassed of the confrontation. And they are uh, usually, you know, they're going to give you very vague answers when you ask them about what happened? Um, that you're gonna get. They're you're gonna get all kinds of strange answers and generalisms, but they're never really gonna directly answer the question. Also, uh, regular Clydenstein contact with an ex-spouse or ex-girlfriend or boyfriend. If they say, "Oh, we're just friends," or "Oh, we just talk," and then yet they're they're making this sure to spend special time with those exes or those friends, that can lead to some really uh, strong emotional affairs that actually lead to physical affairs. And that's something you definitely want to watch out for. You know, quite frankly, if you're in a relationship, you should never, ever bring somebody into your relationship, personal life, until you've sought the approval of your partner because they have to also agree that that person's safe. If you do bring people into your life and they cut into the time of your family and your relationship – and you start spending time with those people, you want to make darn sure that your partner is in agreement that that person is somebody that's safe. Otherwise, you're creating a lot of trust issues and a lot of conflict. Also, hidden or inaccessible pagers are deceptions. Cell phones, email accounts, all kinds of things like that. You really want to keep a look. If you're suspecting that your partner has a secret, you really want to look for hidden or inaccessible cell phones, pagers, email accounts that is something that people need to keep track of and quite frankly if you're in a committed relationship there should not be any secrets and you know that's the deal and and if a person is gonna hold up a secret life in a relationship they're floating a lot of conflict in that relationship and actually potentially bringing it to an end just because there is a trust issue there also frequent travel is a deception especially if they didn't travel before and suddenly they're just traveling a lot and they're disappearing, going different places, all of a sudden they have an addiction to go to baseball games or all kinds of stuff and uh, just going with their friends, that kind of stuff can really be just time that they are living a hidden life doing something else. And Once again, that could be drugs, that could be alcohol, it could be all kinds of things that they're doing, not just affairs. Also, exclusion from couple events, that is a huge indicator that if there's couples events going on or work events that the partner is normally invited to and then suddenly they're not invited, that tells you that there is something going on. Also, there's deceptive body language. And I don't know if you realize how important this is, but people do read your eyes, they read your posture, they read how you look, they read your, all, all the kind of signals that a person sends through their body and through their face. Um, it's very important to understand body language and quite frankly, there's a lot of body language and go, we'll go into that with lies that uh, can indicate that there is a hidden life out there. And also there is the uh, mysterious use of cash for incidentals or poorly explained expenses. Once again, that goes into the hidden money and the financial records. Now, here's the antidote. Here's what people look for in trying to figure out what to do with a secret life. In, you know, over the years, I in, in counseling, I have seen countless secret lives. As a matter of fact, it is a deep part of our human condition. And for me, as a therapist, I call that job security. So... <laughs> I'm not necessarily endorsing a single life, but I could tell you that it certainly does bring a lot of people through the door by the trouble that they get into by not facing that secret life. And many people talk about that in therapy when someone else is not around and they try to flush it out and understand why it's there. Now, when when secret lives are handled well, some of these people become incredibly wise and important members of our society. You know, it it takes work, and, and I've been witness to the good that can be done by people revealing a secret life. And, and uh, I would say that, you know, probably the most common example uh, today that everybody is so attuned to, and I, I, I hate to bring this up, but, you know, the Bruce Jenner thing with the sex change, that is a secret life that he's had. And look at the misery this man has had all these years in wanting to become a woman. And now he's becoming a woman, and now she is going to be able to fulfill that secret life. But obviously having so many children, having a very popular marriage, being on television, being, being a star, I'm sure all of those pressures were enormous. But the truth is, if he would have done this even 20 years ago, it is likely that people would have accepted it and accepted his life the way he is. The truth is, when people have a secret life, they are the mirror that the rest of the world looks through. If they accept the fact that they've had a secret life, they can help other people that are afraid of revealing their secret life by talking to the positive of what it's done for them and how it has freed them. That is enormous. When you're able to integrate who you are, the secret life you may have with, let's say, drugs or alcohol, with the life you live, and when you're able to actually admit to the issues you're having... What happens is people will help you. They will step forward. They will empathize. Yes, there will be critics. Yes, there will be consequences. Yes, there will be people out there who take a negative perspective. But the deal is your life will change and it will blend and it will become the life you're meant to live and – the pressure you have put on the need to have a secret life will suddenly go away and it will fall into place in your life where it belongs and that means it may go away completely it may just uh... be something you dabble in or it may become who you are fully and as we said uh... you see that with bruce jenner now betrayal and breaking of trust have the most violent rage-filled reactions that means that every single argument in a relationship is going to be related to either the breaking of trust or betrayal. And people get crazy. And it's not anger. It is rage that people go to. And that rage will go away over time when people start to listen and understand. But the deal is they won't necessarily do that initially. So when people have sustained a double life and held themselves out for so long, what will happen is you're going to get a very deep violent reaction by many people, some people accept, some people don't care, but the truth is the vast majority of people that have had that secret life held from them are going to have a strong reaction, but it weighs away, and you need to understand that and not be afraid of that if you're going to live a secret life. you know There's no good time to reveal a secret life. It just needs to be done. Revealing truth is easy as just stating it. Just say it. Just say it. And then let it resonate and let people figure. You know, people are in charge of their own reactions, not you. You stay the adult. You stay true to who you are. Believe in yourself. If that affair or that thing is out there, don't be afraid of it. State it and let your relationship work through it. That is how you can save a relationship. You will end a relationship if you keep a secret life secret. And Yes, it's possible you'll end the relationship by revealing the secret, but you have a better shot at it by not having that secret there. It's hard to do, but people generalize. You know, it's hard to do, it's hard not to to take a person and say, okay, and that didn't make sense, but take this person and say, okay, they had an affair. That means they're a horrible person. That means they betrayed their children. They're selfish. They're a pig. There's all kinds of stuff, but then all of a sudden when you put a name to the person that you're accusing and you're, you're, you're ridiculing and you're yelling at and telling them what a horrible person they are, and once you stop generalizing them as the average person that has a an and start talking to them as a person, you begin to understand why they did what they did. And and the way you solve a secret life, the way you help a person come through a secret life is talk about what led them to that. What what is their intention of that secret life? What is the desire? What is bringing them to want to do those things that they're doing? And by doing that, you're able to begin to understand and, and understand the intention, which most of the time is not bad, unless you're talking about a serial killer or something horrendous like that or a serial rapist or, or a, uh, somebody who has serial affairs, you know, the lots and lots of one-night stands. You know, the weight and work involved in a secret life needs to be recognized and weighed against the cost of freedom and faith that life will go on. Freedom is revealing the secret life. And and I know I'm talking hard truths here, but when you have the courage to just put it on the table and reveal that secret life, you are free. And you have to begin to talk to people that they you have faith in them that they will work with you and that they will understand that they 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 will adapt to your secret life they will you, you know you are the one that will be the measure as to whether you can put it away and let's say if you're having affairs and stop it end it face it deal with it and, and be sorry and apologize to all that you've heard and believe me if you have affairs you've heard enormous amounts of people the real victims are children by the way. So the deal is, you know, have faith and communicate. I have faith in you that you're going to work with me on this. I have faith that you're going to believe in me even though I've done this, this thing that I've kept from you. I need to understand that. I need to grow. I need your strength. I need to know you're there for me. By communicating what you need from people, when you reveal a secret life, what will happen is they will reach back to you most of the time. Some people are very harsh, but once again... We have to reach for people's human potential, the good in them. And most of the time, the reaction can't be maintained. They just don't have the energy to deal with it. Um, person revealing must be ready for people to vent. They must be a very good listener and be ready to validate. I understand. I hear what you're saying. I, uh, what you're telling me is I'm this, 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 this. And just validate. That doesn't mean you agree. Don't make excuses. Don't minimize Uh, your behavior. Just let it be and understand and listen and let them process. No one's ready to hear, you know, you. They're ready to hear them. After you've revealed a secret, nobody is ready to hear you. They want to judge you and they need to vent. And once they do that, then you can get to where you can actually be heard. And eventually those intentions come forward. Now, uh, once again, I was going to ask to see one more time. Do we have any callers out there? Okay, we'll go on. If we do, then please call in. Now, here's here's another thing that are signs of a person having a secret life. Um, you know, bottom line is, if your intuition is telling you that they're having a secret life, they probably are. They may be ready to reveal the. Tr- they may not be ready to reveal the truth. Um, so you maybe have to operate off your own truth, and that means what you believe. And uh, you know, if you need a hard answer to make a decision after you suspect and believe that a person has a secret life, you don't need that. You, all you need is your own judgment, and you follow that judgment. And it doesn't mean that you know it may turn out that the fact is they're not having that secret life and you were wrong. But if you're going to be so strong in the idea a person is having a secret life And needing that proof, you may never get the proof uh, because they may not be able to expose it yet. And so the deal is you need to make your mind up what you want to do. If you're thinking about breaking up, if you're thinking about something's wrong, but you can't put your finger on it, but you're unhappy, that's your problem. Make a decision and get on out the door if that's what you have to do. You know, if you can't have trust in a relationship, then you don't have one. You know, love follows trust. Trust is what makes a relationship stable and smooth. If you're going to constantly rock the trust of a, a partner, you're really going to destroy the relationship. So the deal is put it on the table or put it away and understand they may not be ready to reveal. If you don't like what you're seeing and you're suspecting heinous things that don't jive with your value systems, then go on that and make your choice at that point uh, rather than torturing that person because they just may not have the guts, the, the desire or the ability to reveal that hidden truth. You know, your gut feeling... Telling you something is wrong usually is fairly correct. Now, don't mistake that for depression because people that are depressed will always think the worst. They walk around like Eeyore, thinking like that, you know, every, everything's okay, horrible. You know, that's not, that's not what I'm telling you because depression and sad feelings and a constant sense of needing fear and being uh, needing to protect yourself is not a gut feeling. That is a way of life. So what I'm talking about a gut feeling is something is just not right and I'm getting this signal and I don't know where it's coming from and that usually is a very strong indicator if your brain is clear enough to do that like I said depressed people generally or have terrible intuition because they're so self-consumed and so fear-based Um also you know the these people that have a secret life oftentimes have unreasonable boundaries um they tend to get in people's space or they can tend to have a very volatile feelings. Uh, they tend to be happy, sad, all sorts of things. They, they're kind of bipolarish. Um, they send all kinds of mixed signals about what they say and what they do. Also, they won't answer direct questions. If you can't get a direct answer from somebody, that usually will tell you that there is a secret life out there. If they just give you, you know, or usually the best defense that they give is they turn it on you. They'll start blaming you and they'll start telling you how insecure you are and telling, well, you did this, 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 this. And when they do that, basically they're framing up the idea that they don't want to answer the questions and they don't have the strength or the inner ability to actually face what you're suspecting. They lie and don't follow the standards they expect of others. So that means they would rather do something, but they'll judge another person for doing the same thing harshly, but they don't judge themselves harshly. Um, Usually, uh, they uh, keep secrets, and they're very proud of that. And if you're in a relationship with them, you know they keep secrets and how they keep secrets – they usually have data confusion. They, they blur the lines. They don't remember things the same way every single time. If you ask them four months later about something four months ago, uh, usually they have warped the truth, and that tells you that there's something wrong. Now, people's memory does fail them, but usually when there's a traumatic event where somebody's confronting you, you usually remember everything. So if they're still bending the truth, uh, then there's something wrong there. Now, why do people lie? There's lots of reasons that can motivate people to tell lies. Even though each reason might be different than the other, all of them stem from one root cause, which is being able to bear. They can't bear the consequences of telling the truth. They just can't bear it. They lack the courage. They lack the problem-solving skills, lack the ability to properly handle unexpected events, which may make escaping from a situation a much better option than facing it and that's why therapy is such a good thing when people have deep dark secrets they really should seek out counseling and the reason is so they can get somebody to mediate for them when they want to reveal a truth so that there is some understanding so that there is so some humanity to what is going on and usually those problem-solving skills and the lackability to uh, communicate and the courage can be overcome in a counseling situation. And believe me, I have seen so many people grow together even stronger than they've ever been because a truth has been revealed and they've faced it and they work through it and they move on. I've seen countless children to be born into healthy relationships before they were unhealthy. And that makes my heart just sing. It's incredible to see that. If a person values honesty, or if he's religiously observant, then he may try to escape the situation without lying. But if lying is an option, then it will be considered the easier way out. That means some people value honesty, and they, they are very observant about people that lie, but they may actually use that to hide their secret life. What that, you know, the, the bottom line is they continue to project a, a person that people accept rather than the person that they are. They will not humble themselves to face what they do. You know, consequently, lying is a combination of being unable to face the results of honesty and the lack of proper values, which is the tolerance of lying. And that is the violation of values, is, is tolerating lying and unwillingly being responsible. If that person is unwilling to be responsible, it is very hard to trust them. Now here's the deal. When we all die, the biggest thing as we get older that attracts us is integrity. And when people have integrity and they are true to themselves and they believe in themselves and what you see is what you get, what happens is that person, their actions and their words go together. That person is the person you see. They are concrete and you can believe in them, that kind of person who has integrity is going to be surrounded by friends and family the rest of their lives. The people that we see rotting away in nursing homes without anybody coming are people that really never managed their integrity. And a lot of people fear getting older, and I will tell you the main reason is they never managed their integrity. They spent their life lying, and that draws people away from them, and that draws people from supporting them. So if you want to live into the great years of your life, into the up into the 80s, 90s, hundreds years old, and have people around you be the person you are, don't live a secret life. People just lie to themselves on intention of, of, uh, in the beginning. They, sometimes they'll just tell a white lie, you know, like little kids do. You know, I did my homework so they can go play. And once they begin to do that, then you keep uh, going back, well, I'm seeing you didn't do your homework or what, you know, I didn't, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, or I talked to your teacher. And suddenly they start having to lie more and more and more. And once it builds, it turns into a hot mess. So the best thing is just tell the truth just tell the truth. It is so simple. Just tell the truth. Don't be surprised. You know Your subconscious mind can be programmed by repetition. You know that, That's why people end up believing their lies. They'll tell the same lie over and over and over again, and by doing that, they end up believing their own lie. We're going to go on and take another break, and uh, I'm going to tell you how to spot a liar non-verbally. Thanks for listening.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site. 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com Remember, drgbmft.com Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning in to From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis, with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning, which occurs before one is aware. So, take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies, The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back, guys. Um, So how do you spot a liar non-verbally? Well, here's the it's called meta communication, nonverbal communication. The number one indicator is they touch their nose. If they're not used to telling lies, it makes them uncomfortable, and they they begin to kind of hem and haw, and they do a lot of uh, negative evaluation postures, is what they're called, and that's a neurolinguistic programming lang- lingo. And, and basically touching the nose, like rubbing the nose and rubbing your ears, those are very, very common features that someone is telling you a lie. Um, also, you'll notice uh, their, their skin will change, their blush, um, if they feel like they're being put on point. It doesn't mean that what you're accusing them of is actually correct. It may be they're just embarrassed because there's some truth in what you're saying. But the bottom line is uh, when people consider lying – and they know it's a bad thing, they will do that touching of the nose and touching of the ears. Here's the other obvious uh, nonverbal is weak eye contact. Eye contact becomes poor when someone's lying. That While telling a lie, the person may keep looking at other stuff around them or just avoid looking at you. Bottom line is if they're looking up, they're usually lying their ass off. If they're looking down, they're thinking about lying their ass off. (laughs) So <laughs> you may want to spot that. <laughs> eye contact is everything to a person's self-esteem. And a person that's lying has obviously got a very low self-esteem. So they're going to have to uh, find a way to lie. And to do that, if they looked you in the eye, they would lose their focus and they would just blurt out the truth. And asking for eye contact, especially if you have children, because children are wonderful liars, uh, the deal is, is you ask for eye contact. That doesn't mean you're going to get the truth, but you got a better shot at it if you catch them off guard. And and you know why do why do kids lie? Why do people lie? Well, when we're kids, we don't want our parents to believe what they believe about us. They they want them to believe that we're the best we can possibly be, and so they don't want to have to deal with the image of something they've done impulsively. Uh, becoming who they are, and many parents will judge their children by their negative actions rather than reinforce their positive, positive. and I will tell you, if you want to get people not to lie, talk to the better parts of them rather than harshly berate the worst parts of them. If you're a leader, if you're a family, uh, head of a family, if you're a parent, if you're a big sister, a big brother, if you're somebody somebody looks to, don't beat them down for lying. Yes, you're upset about them lying, but what you really want to do is talk to them about what you believe they are. I believe you're a good person. I don't believe this event is all about you. I believe that there is, you're a better person than this. I've seen you do this, this, this. I've seen you reach out to, to poor people. I've re- seen you really uh, become a person's friend in a difficult time. I, I don't believe that this uh, taking marijuana or doing whatever they do is who you are. I, I I know you're better than this and I know you're smarter than this. Talking to a person from that perspective will help them recover from lying and actually rethink whether they need to lie to you as a person. If you want a person to keep lying to you, then basically be extremely harsh. And by the way, people that are uh, very harsh, um, authoritative parents will end up basically Uh, scaring their children into lying all the time because they're so harsh in the way that they talk to their children and so mean. And so they will often lie. If you have a boss that is extremely overbearing, judgmental, think they know more than everybody else, you're going to lie because you don't want them to believe uh, and get angry and do all the horrible things that they do and make you look like the worst person in the world. Uh, Sadly, you know, most people uh, go to the easiest thing, which is to criticize the worst people, things people do. Now, also, hiding their palms. Palms are rarely become visible when someone is lying. Uh, they don't show their palms because that's a sign of honesty and truthfulness, And and believe it or not, when your palms are open, you feel vulnerable. When they're down, you don't, and so palms down is a defensive posture. People don't really understand that unless they study body language and and, uh, programming of body language, but that's the deal. Lying is often taking place when a person's palms are down. Also, um, a person that lies rarely keeps their back straight. Their posture is rarely kept upright when someone is lying, and that's because they're more prone to look down or more prone to, to want to be able to escape. So they're getting into basically a crotch mode <laughs> where they can take off. And that is a defensive posture. Uh, so once again, liars do rarely will sit up straight or stand up straight. Now verbally, how do you spot a liar? Uh, there's inconsistencies in the story. That's the big one. Uh, their story will come out different almost every time. They forget a word, add something, remove something and uh, the inconsistency just shows that the person really doesn't have a good handle on what the truth is and they don't want to tell you. They want to tell you what they believe you will accept. Uh, also, they feel anxious. Uh, anyone that lies feels anxious. Uh, this, the intensity of the anxiety varies depending on how professional the liar is. Um, try to spot this by detecting liars. You know. Talk as much as you can about the subject in order to keep the person anxious. If you're seeing that anxiety grow and grow and grow, then there is likely a truth underneath it. Also, avoiding the subject, they will usually turn it on you. And um, unless you know that person is like a special agent, specially trained to lie, he will usually uh, lack assertiveness, he or she, while lying. His tone of voice will be lower and he, and he or she will appear less confident. They will not be very forthright in what they say. They won't be very straightforward in what they say. They'll, they'll kind of mumble and keep it down and, you know, yeah, this happened and da-da-da-da-da. They're just not as confident as they normally would be. Also, um, liars speak slowly because they have to continue thinking about what they're saying. And they're also trying to read whether you're receiving it. So they speak slowly when they lie. Uh, usually, also, that's because they have to think the lie out. Now, um, integration of a lie, of a secret life, is true freedom. You'll never know peace with your life until you reveal a secret life. Accept it. Fully and openly admit it is there always your life will fall into its natural place if you do that. It allows all the chips to fall where they belong and people to see you as who you are. What once were friends and family may not be the same, but the secret life may be too much for them to handle. You may end up in legal trouble. You may find yourself alone with broken expectations. However, if you're strong and if you accept yourself at where you are, there will be people who come to you, who forgive you, who believe in you and you may form a whole new life and a whole new set of friends and a great, great set of memories that you will always value because they become who you are. Your life becomes easier and clearer without a secret life. The world will find a way to accept you. Everything may change, but change is life. You now have a chance to be trusted, have integrity. Memories are what we're about. And you want those memories to be real. You don't want to go on family vacations when you're not a family person. Let's say somebody is bisexual or has some strange uh, sexual urges or, or desires. You don't want to spend your vacation uh, acting like a certain person when you're something else. You know, It it's, it's gives people more respect to let them know who you are. If, if you're living in that kind of a lie, that kind of a life, that memory you have with your family and with your your spouse may not be that rich and full and it may not be something you remember later on because it really doesn't fit who you really are only the memories that fit who you really are actually become valuable to you now if you push away from a secret life there is a cost and the cost is energy the cost is time the cost is integrity And the cost is all of the people that you will push away to protect your secret. You will eventually be lonely, and that's what you do not want. You want life is about people, and life is about relationships, and you want to have those with as many people as you possibly can. Now, here's some publicly revealed hidden lives. Warren Harding, our 29th president and an Ohio senator during his stint as a senator— was revealed as part of a group of politicians called the Ohio Gang who held wild orgies in Washington, D.C., and this man became our president. Elliot Spitzer, former New York governor and public defender, famous for his stance against prostitution. In 2008, it came to light that Spitzer had spent between 15000 and 80000 at a high-end prostitution service. Oh, yeah, he was married, he's now divorced, and apparently he liked wearing his black socks up to his knees during sex, and liked it rough. Johnny Cochran. Feel what you may about him getting Simpson off the hook, but Cochran was a cheater. In 1974, he bought a second home in North Hollywood for his mistress and their child. Cochran's wife divorced him in 1977, and in 2005, his mistress sued him for palimony, which is basically alimony for people who've never actually been married. He might have been released... Like a Rolling Stone, he may have released that as a song, but Bob Dylan prefers iron more than anything else when it comes to his art. The first major solo exhibition of his iron works as art was displayed at Highcon Gallery in London from November 16th until January 25th last year. Can you believe that? Bob Dylan loves iron more than music. (laughs) Now here's some absurd thoughts. Women... Don't go snorkeling when you're on your period. The sharks will love you. Here's another absurd thought. How would you feel about your grandparent if you accidentally saw them masturbate, especially when they start smooching you to death not knowing that you saw them? (laughs) What you can't say owns you. What you hide controls you. How many times have you wanted to walk up to someone and say, So that's why I work so hard. So you can collect welfare, wear pajamas in public, and have an iPhone. Wow! (laughs) The chief function of the body is to carry the brain around. That's Thomas Edison's quote. And if that's true, the state of the average adult body and mind in America basically has a 32% body fat carrying a bag of potatoes. (laughs) That's just a commentary on our educational system in the United States. And it is too much energy to have an open mind when we are surrounded by a world trying to pour stuff in it. So, guys, here's the deal. You know, I'm talking about the secret life thing, and I think it's so important that we face it. But I also think therapy is the environment for that. Um, I encourage you to take advantage of that. I hope you like this Is my first show back, so... Uh, maybe bumpy, maybe not. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm hoping that you will give me your feedback. Um, I do have a Twitter account. It's at drgbmft, and my email is drgbmftsbcglobal.net, and I hope you please take advantage of that. Also, I hope next time when I'm talking and next time we have a show here Friday at 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern, I hope you call in 888-346-9141 because I love to do the back and forth with people and talk to them live. So next Friday, once again at 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern, it's going to be about dating. Alcohol, sex, lies, overpromise, never see each other again, get an STD, baby mama, repeat. That is the pattern of dating. Alcohol, sex, lies, overpromise, never see each other again, get an STD, baby mama, repeat. That is dating. And we will talk about that next week and we'll talk about all the online, the midlife dating, the dating at a young age, what should a first date look like. We're going to go into all details about that. And uh, I'm going to give you some very important secrets and then we're going to close out our show. If you want true happiness, don't marry an asshole. And another important secret, if you open wine and you can't hear it breathe, immediately give it mouth-to-mouth. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. This is Gary Bell, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Thank you for listening.
0: That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.